you're listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, as always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we're joined by Jeff Greenberg. He is the CEO of Synergetic Investment Group. Jeff, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you coming today. Well, thank you for having me. This is uh, great. I'm excited to do this. So I met Jeff in Orlando a few weeks ago at the Multifamily Masters event. So I was uh, sitting in the corner by myself and he was gracious enough to come over and chat with me. So uh, turned out he's got a tremendous amount of experience in the, in the multifamily space doing huge deals. So we're, um, we're really looking forward to, to having some of his wisdom shared with us today. Jeff, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got started, what you're doing today? Got started a long time ago, about 2000, 2007. Um, where I started looking at commercial real estate. I actually was looking for single family homes. It was not a real good time to be doing that, um, doing the REOs, bank owned properties, um, but had a limited amount of funds and I wanted to see what I could do with my funds. Then when I heard that uh, in commercial real estate, I could use limited funds and leverage other people's funds to help me get into deals, I started going towards uh, commercial real estate and bought my first multifamily deal in uh, 2010 and have been doing that since then until, uh, so I've been buying student housing and multifamily properties. And more currently, I'm focusing mainly on the equity side and I'm a fund manager creating a new fund uh, coming up, uh, should be opened up in another week or so where we'll be investing in all different types of commercial re- real estate acquisitions. So for our listeners that are not as well-versed in, in the commercial side, um, can you kind of explain, elaborate a little bit more by exactly what you mean as a fund So my, and educate me as well? So what I think is, you know, a typical multifamily syndication is, is when, you know, we go, we find a, a you know, a hundred unit apartment complex and we need X number of dollars down. So we go raise that from private investors and, and that is, that's the equity. And then we get a loan to buy the, the complex. When you say fund, you're not finding an apartment complex. You're not, you're strictly raising capital and investing it into other people's syndications. Yes. But the, when you, well, let's clarify a little bit. When someone talks a fund, they may create a fund for their own deals. So okay. in, in your example, where you're acquiring properties, maybe you don't want to have to raise money for every single deal. And so you create a fund, uh, you know, say a $10 million fund, people put in it and you take $2 million and put it into one deal and you put another two okay. into another deal. So that is a use of a fund that basically you as the deal sponsor could use and make it a lot easier and quicker to be able to get into deals. Because if you already know you have the equity, it's a lot easier a lot of times to get into deals and not have to raise the money after you already got the deal. You already have the money coming in. So that's that's one use of the fund. But as you said, if I'm an outsider coming into somebody else's deal. Yes, I could create a fund, uh, have the people pledge their money that they're going to be in a deal. Then when a deal comes in, uh, they 
could go into those deals. The typical multi-deal fund is more pretty much what we call a blind pool, where you put your faith in the person running the fund of their, and they may give you a criteria of what kind of deals are going to be getting into. But once you're in the fund, you're in whatever deals they bring in and you're spread out amongst all those deals. What we're doing is different. What we're creating that's going to be coming up, you know, like I said, should be opening any day now. We're just on the last stages of it, is going to be a deal segregated fund, which means that it's not going to be blind. I'm going to create a fund that has general idea of what we're going to be getting. And every time I bring in a deal, those people either in the fund or outside of the fund have a choice of being in that deal. They And they don't have to be in the deals that they don't want to be in. If they don't happen to like a certain area or a certain uh, asset type or something, they don't have to be. And so all of this is under the umbrella of this fund, but you get to pick and choose which ones you want to be in. And that gives us an advantage that we don't have to start a new fund every time we want to get into a deal. And we also have varieties of what, you know, what kind of deals we can get into. It makes us, it's going to make it so it's, we're going to be able to be real nimble and be able to get into deals quickly. And there's several different types I like besides just commercial or besides multifamily. There's also self-storage, mobile home parks. There's also assisted living. Um, so we could get into all those kinds of things in my fund. And if people don't like a particular uh, type, they just don't, they won't go into that. They don't need to. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so let's go back a little bit. I've got some questions. I feel like we skipped over some pretty significant steps there. So you were looking at maybe buying some, you know, bank owned houses when everything was kind of going south in 07, 08. And somebody goes, oh, well, actually, you can raise money and buy commercial real estate without really putting your money down, which is a great aha moment. But how did you how did you make that transition? I feel like there's a lot of education. How did you learn um, what a good deal is, how to find a good deal? And and also, how did you start raising money from strangers with with seemingly no experience at the time in that in that arena? Excellent question. Um the 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 fact is i met a, met a guru at a real estate event that was promoting his boot camp and i went to his boot camp and i uh went and had uh, went into his mentoring program and so that was essentially how i started learning the business i did have a coach and um you know started from that point and learned how to evaluate properties was that a, that was a good experience? I assume. Um, it was, but it doesn't mean that it has to be the way people need to do it. There, you know, as far as people getting into the commercial space, they need obviously they need to learn the basics of the the business how how properties are evaluated, how to uh, how to you know to put a price tag on them. There's so much. Some people do better with a mentor that they pay 
you know, and some of these programs could be, you know, 20, 30, $40,000. I know one person that's charging a hundred thousand dollars for a course, but anyway, there are those that do it that way. There's others that find a way to become a resource for an experienced syndicator. So if you happen to live in a great area for investing, you could be boots on the ground and help find properties for an experienced syndicator. And now you're bringing value to that syndicator. And so the syndicator is going to be able to help you learn. So learning as an apprentice is a great way to learn. And, you know, you could, you know, make some money on the GP side for the most part, what's valuable is the learning taking place being side by side with an experienced syndicator. Now, maybe you have money or maybe, maybe you are in a field where there's a lot of people that have money. Maybe you're in technology or you're, you're a doctor or whatever it may be. And maybe you could help bring in investors. Maybe you just have a lot of time on your hands and you can make phone calls and do research and are great with the computer and can find things, or maybe you're good with numbers and could do, you know, the analysis and evaluate deals. You know, you're good with spreadsheets. So by bringing value to an experienced person, not only are you getting that experience working with them, but you're also gaining your credibility. Now you could, you go and take down a hundred unit property with somebody else because you helped you help them do something on that property and you could go, you know, Hey, I'm on the, I'm on the management side of a hundred unit property. You know, that's credibility. And now you go to on to the next one and you do a couple of those. And now you've got some great credibility and you could work your way into where you're the main GP. Okay. You might be a minor player to begin with and make very little money out of it to begin with. But as you gain that experience, then now you become a bigger player. Awesome. So it, what did you do before you got into commercial real estate? I was in IT and, and I did that. I continued to do that for eight years while I, while I learned. Well, I, I, so I was doing that for eight years, working a full-time job and doing this business as well. Awesome. So you, cause I, I still have a full-time job and um, a lot, and there's, you know, there's kind of a lot of back and forth about when you should quit. And I'm able to balance my time very well um, because my job is very flexible and, and I've been able to, to do everything I want at that pace with real estate. But what, what is your metric for when you decided, okay, it's time to leave the full-time job. Um, and, and do you feel like that impaired your ability to, asset manage any of these projects in any way I've, I've heard I've interviewed folks before that said oh you should invest with only a full-time guy uh, and and so I'm just curious your thoughts around the subject well I never had anybody say that but I do know people that have felt that way and, and right now as far as with my equity fund um, I will I will only work with people that are doing it full-time because I know how stressful and how difficult it can be so um, but I was able to, to work around my job I, in it. I was able to get my job done and, and get things, uh, um, done, 
either early in the morning because I'm in California. So I could get up real early and, you know, talk to people in Texas, you know, uh, or during my lunchtime, take care of the stuff. Um, And I also had the advantage that my business partner was full time doing this. So she was full time doing it. Now, as far as personally, um, it came up. I really didn't figure when I was going to quit, but when my boss came and said he was giving me a new project that he wanted me to lead a team um, on this new project. I just couldn't imagine myself going into something new on the job when my mind was somewhere else. And so this was during an evaluation process where I got a good evaluation and he gives me this new project. And I looked at him and I said, no, I'm not taking the new project and I'm giving, and I gave him 60 days notice only. I gave him 60 mainly because uh, I knew bonuses were coming and I didn't know (laughs) quite, I didn't quite know when the bonuses were going to come. So I wanted to make sure I was still there for the bonuses, but he looked at me with surprise at first. And then he smiled because he knew I'd been doing the real estate. And so he just knew that the day was going to come. And I had, I hadn't planned that day. It was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to him um, that I just, I just quit on the spot and gave him the 60 day notice. That's awesome. But, but I, I definitely would tell people that, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you can cover your expenses. Um, I had one of my coaching students when I first got on the first call with him, he said, I just quit my job. I've got 12 months worth of funds and I'm sitting there. Oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I didn't tell you to do that. I, you know, I don't recommend that, but let's see what we can do. And um, so I, you know, I don't recommend that you need, you need to be able to pay your, your bills. And I'll tell you something in this business, you can get rich, but it's not get rich quick. You get into a syndication and I mean, example on that first deal we got, it was a 20 unit deal and Uh, It was probably too small to syndicate, but we did it. And we got a small acquisition fee up front, very small, um, because it was a small deal. We we never made it past the pref. So the investors got all the cash flow. We got zero cash flow the entire time we held it. And then at the end, when we sold it, we got a small amount because, again, as I said, it was a small deal. So. I certainly couldn't have lived on what we made on that deal. It was a great education. You know, a friend of mine calls it a seminar. It was a great seminar. Um, But, you know, the money wasn't there. So it was the basis for our next move, which was the next property. And the next property, again, we got a, a, a decent acquisition fee um, and didn't get, very much at all during the hold and made a real nice chunk at the end. But if you have to wait three to five years before your payday, you know, you better, you better have a job or some other funds available. Um, Even if you're taking an asset management fee, um, you know, that's not a lot of money. And if something happens that you have to hold off on taking your asset management fee, because there's a problem with the cash flow on the property, um, you want to make sure that, you know, you're able to hang on and pay your bills. You got to pay your bills. 
So my my thing is, is when you could pay your bills, you know, from either the cash flow or you have enough reserves, you know, then it may be time. Um, but certainly I would not quit your job until, you know, until it's necessary or till you're able to. Awesome. So switching gears a little bit, you've mentioned, um, multiple different asset classes that, that you're both interested in and, and, you know, potentially would invest in with your fund. Um, what do you, how do you feel about those asset classes in relation to our current economy and kind of where the economy is going? Mm -hmm. Um, well, first of all, multifamily uh, right now has is doing well and has been doing well for a long time. I'm always concerned when it's been so good for so long, but there is a huge demand for multifamily. There was a huge shortage in the U.S. Uh, for multifamily properties. So in the right market, multifamily, I think, is going to continue to do very well. Um, as far as uh, self-storage, Self-storage usually does very well on good economies and bad economies. Good economies, people buy too much crap and need places to store it. And uh, bad economies, people double up with other, other people, move back home, and they need places to store their, their stuff. Uh, so self-storage is great. Mobile home parks, a lot of times, is a last resort for people. That it, you know, it, it, The next step from a mobile home park may be on the street. So uh, mobile home parks, I feel, are going to do well for a long time to come. And the other thing is, is there is more mobile home parks being torn down than built. So it's a declining asset as far as the, uh, the number of properties available. Uh, it's very difficult to open up a new mobile home park in communities. Communities typically do not allow new mobile home parks. So that. It's going to create a demand. There's so the the uh, definitely going to be a demand for that. The assisted living, which is another one of my my uh, asset classes, I want to get into, is my generation is just getting older and older and older, and there's going to be more and more demand for assisted living facilities as we live longer and longer. Um, so um, now the assisted living did get hurt some with COVID. But mm -hmm. I think uh, it's pretty much under control and understood. And, and there's a lot, lot of new sanitation practices going on. But there's still going to be a huge demand. Uh, people in the U.S. don't typically have uh, their multi-generational people living at home like you see in other countries. Typically, uh, we'd rather have our parents, you know, uh, in a nice facility or a nice maybe even a residential home, uh, assisted living home um, where they can't, you know, where, where somebody else is helping to take care of them. So there's definitely going to be a demand for assisted living. So those are, those are the ones that I like the most. I have people talking about other aspects that I'm not as comfortable with, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't. I mean, you know, retail, I don't care much for retail, uh, who, you know, the Amazon effect. But there's a lot of businesses that can't be shipped overseas, and some of those uh, might be good. But I like medical offices as well. Medical offices, warehouses, now that we're doing, we do more shipping, those are other asset classes. What type of markets are you looking at? 
Uh, it depends on um, the deal sponsor. I'm looking, you know, with deal sponsors that are all over the place. And the main thing is, is when they bring me a property is, do I like that particular market or they need to convince me why I should like that particular market. So I'm not really looking at anything specific. Uh, I would like to have stuff a little bit closer to home. The flights are a lot easier out of California if it's in Arizona or something, or even to Texas isn't bad. Uh, when I'm going all the way to the East Coast, it's just a long flight. I would just rather have things closer to home, but I don't visit the properties that often. I don't need to. There's going to be a lot of people in between me and the, the running of the property. So I would take things in Florida as well as the Carolinas. I've got properties in Ohio and Georgia. Um, you know, I'm open to a lot, nothing, nothing specific, but they need to have the good demographics and the, uh, the economics have to be right. Awesome. So real quick, I want to switch to our radio round to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. It's just three quick questions. The first one is what's your favorite book? Um, as far as, I mean, I have lots of favorite books. Um, the, the one that, that I've always liked is the E-Myth, which uh, talks about uh, systematizing things. Um, that's always been helpful. I mean, the cash flow quadrant from the, uh, from uh, Kiyosaki is very eye opening as far as thinking about what it means to be an, uh, an investor or a business person rather than an employee or self-employed. Uh, so those were very much eye opening, uh, books. Awesome. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote is a Brian Tracy quote, and it's in order to achieve things that we've you've never achieved before, you must be willing to do things you've never done before. And um, I like that because it you know it tells people to kind of get off your duff, get out of your get out of your comfort zone, become uncomfortable, get out there and and um, you know do something different because otherwise you're going to be in the same place, you know, five years from now. Sure. Absolutely. So um, what's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? When I'm not working, I'm either bike riding or I'm spending time with my grandkids. Awesome. Awesome. So how can our listeners find out more about you, get in touch with you, invest with you, get coached from you? Well, they could go to uh, synergeticig.com. That's S Y N E R. G E T I C I G.com. Or you can write to me at Jeff at synergetic IG.com. Awesome. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you joining us today. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I didn't realize um, you were going into the fun. That sounds really exciting. And I, I definitely look forward to learning more about it and keeping up with you on your journey. Well, thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at Rent Roll Radio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at rentrollradio.com or sterling at crestwordcapital.com. 
We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.